0: Welcome back to the Beyond Macros podcast, a show where we help you get leaner, stronger, and perform better through nutrition, movement, and the art of inner work. In addition to this podcast, we have some great content at our website at beyondmacros.com, including our complete guide to calculating and counting your macros. You can check that out at beyondmacros.com slash macropod and can also download our free calorie and macro calculator worksheet over there. It's hard to
1: describe how great Beyond Macros has been for me. Through small incremental changes, uh, I've reclaimed my ability to eat properly, rest well, recover well, and really achieve a lot of physical goals that I didn't anticipate being possible. Uh, It's tailored exactly to you and to your growth and to your goals, and it's unlike any other nutritional system or diet or coaching that I've ever tried. It's really worth it.
0: Today's show is a mini episode about how to help the gut recover after antibiotics use from an interview I did with microbiome expert, Raja Deer. But of course, I want to put out the disclaimer that neither Raja nor I are medical doctors and you should consult your primary care physician before making any dietary changes. This episode is not meant to diagnose or treat any disease. It's just for informational and entertainment purposes. Now, the topic we're diving into today has been gaining a lot of steam. Gut health and the symbiotic relationship between humans and our microbiomes are still very new fields of research. We are just beginning to scratch the surface on the complex interactions between the bacteria, fungus, and virus that we coexist with. It is important to understand before listening to this episode that there is a common misconception that antibiotics are a nuclear bomb that wipe out everything in sight. Although they will kill anything, they don't kill everything. You don't have a sterile gut after antibiotics. The microbiome that you are born with tends to compete for space over the first few years of your life, and then the mix of bacteria, fungus, and virus stay relatively constant over time. Where antibiotic use can screw things up is they create space for an opportunistic pathogen to jump in where it may not have had the opportunity with a healthy microbiome. Here are the steps Raja recommended taking to heal
1: your microbiome
0: after using antibiotics based on the current body of knowledge.
1: If you take yogurt with an antibiotic at the same time, for instance, the the strains of bacteria, if there are any that are still viable, for instance, may be killed off by the antibiotic as well. Um, And so the first is just from a strategy perspective, at least make sure that you're also um, consuming anything that carries beneficial bacteria with it. Um, four, six, ideally eight hours apart from the antibiotics course uh, the course of antibiotics itself. If you remember that hierarchy we talked about earlier, it's if you you can look at the way that different bacteria interact with each other, the way that bacteria interact with a specific system, in this case the gut, um, and the way that bacteria interact with the whole human host, yogurt, uh, kefir, kombucha, um, all of these kind of fermented foods or beverages, um are really helpful at that very bottom first layer. So these organisms will help keep bad bacteria or opportunistic bacteria that are in and of themselves less affected by antibiotics at bay. so they'll compete for nutrients with them and sometimes even directly keep them down. Um, if you've heard of the one of the biggest banes of the the uh, in, in the hospital community is Clostridium difficile or C diff as it's yeah. called, it's this you know, it's a bacteria that could be inside my gut or it could be inside your gut right now, but it's not going to do anything if you have a stable microbiome. Um, but upon antibiotics, it now sees that that kind of land grab, so to speak, and sees all this open real estate um, and left unchecked grows out of proportion and just becomes a, a, a huge nuisance. So, you know, I think that some of these fermented foods and beverages, although they won't repopulate, if there are some some levels of viable bacteria, can kind of help to keep that microbe microbe interaction at bay a little bit and just provide a little bit of more reinforcement and support. In terms of probiotic strains to help with recovering from antibiotics, Raja
0: says the spray and pray technique is your best bet. And he dives a little deeper into why
1: and how to do that. To be very specific um, in a broad spectrum, uh, a combination approach right now. And so this is really just kind of what you would call a spray and pray approach is really just introduce as many even if they're unproven, introduce as many microbial things as you can, hoping that they will help. Um, it's kind of what, when you hear that advice, which is take this yogurt or take this kombucha um, or, or, or this kefir, for instance, or this kimchi, or, or what, insert your fermented food with your antibiotic. Um, it may be possible, but it hasn't been proven, um, but it's not going to cause any harm. Um, so I would probably still say continue doing that, but I would also add the idea of a su- of, of supplementation with a very potent, broad-spectrum, uh, targeted probiotic. Um, and in this case, you want to look for something that has very, very high levels of bifidobacterium. So lactobacilli, you know, you can get a lot. From fermented foods, you're going to find bacteria that are lactic acid producers, primarily, and those are bacteria that are la- in the lactobacilli genera genus. Bifidobacterium are kind of the first bacteria that colonize you in, at birth. They're the lowest levels when you're old. Um, and they're, now, they're, they're universally accepted as one of the most beneficial classes. Two other points that make them particularly important. They're very, very susceptible to antibiotics, which means that they die off in very large rates to antibiotics. And they're very, very hard to grow or, and, and have very low presence in fermented foods. So, any of those fermented foods or beverages that you're gonna get will not have a stable, intact species of Bifidobacterium in them, just because those aren't known, those aren't ferment, found in fer- fermenting starter cultures, those aren't fermentative bacteria or, or used commercially as such. Um, and so, I would encourage as diverse of a repopulation as possible with Bifidobacterium. Um, I think they're incredibly important. I think there's a lot of research that says that they regulate the, the microbial community in very important ways. I and mean, all you have to do is just kind of Google it in PubMed and the first 50 articles will talk about the importance of, of a high bifidobac- level of bifidobacterium in the human body. And those are things that you won't get from um, fermented food.
0: Raja also mentions the importance of eating lots of prebiotic fiber to feed the bacteria you are
1: putting in. When you're thinking about the fiber from food approach, think about it like rain in a rainforest. It's going to grow everything. Yeah. Um, and so unless you're really looking for non-food sources of prebiotics, um, at that stage, there's th- th- there hasn't been a t- clinical trial that's looked at insoluble versus soluble fiber. Although, you know, obviously there's, um, a clear preference for things that, uh, are reach the colon aren't just purely used for roughage that just pass matter through, but that are also fermentable. So in this case, uh, insoluble fiber is a, is a more fermentable source than, than soluble. Um, the, the adage continues to be, um, to mirror a diverse diet that has high sources of non-digestible carbohydrates. Um, Artichokes are a really good source. Um, pea is a very good source. Um, I would say sweet potatoes, actually is res- resistant starches. And, and a kind of fun food fact, which is really applicable, is that um, if you if you are eating rice um, or if you're eating sweet potatoes or these resistant starches, you should cook them, cool them, and then you can cook them up again if you'd like. Um, but make sure that after the initial cooking of them, there's a process by which it's brought back up to a a steady state room temperature, and then it can be heated back up again because that alters the structure of the resistant starch from, I think, an R3 to an R4 um, in the category, which makes it more beneficial. Something that I found insanely
0: fascinating is that most antibiotics are meant to be taken up into the bloodstream to perform their action and they don't necessarily need to ever hit the colon, which is where they wreak the most havoc on your microbiome. There is apparently some cool technology under development to help with this.
1: So there's a company out of France that I've been tracking that's doing some really exciting work, which actually um, spares the microbiota from antibiotics altogether. So if you think about where antibiotics are meant to be, unless they're given for something that's Active, an active infection in the gut in the colon for instance the main intended site of action is you wanted to enter into the bloodstream and that absorption pro- process happens in the small intestines so once they've reached your the bulk of your microbiome it's all collateral damage now this is just passing by and pardon my friends just fucking shit up <laughs> um, on its way out of the body for no reason no therapeutic benefit and so this is a really cool way where we can think about, look, how do you design antibiotics that are some materials that kind of then bind to those antibiotic molecules so that they don't affect the microbiome on the way out? I think that's the first strategy, which by far away will be so much more effective than the eat fermented foods or yogurt or even probiotic bacteria.
0: Has anything been developed in that area yet that's mm-hmm. for like commercial use or no, is that still it's, experimental? It's, it's
1: still, it's still going through trials. I've looked okay. at, I've looked at the early data, um, and it's, it's, it's very persuasive. Um, and so I think that that's the type of stuff that would be really exciting um, to bring to market. And, um, you know, I think that there's a couple of materials that could work in that capacity, but we'll, uh, there, there should be something and hopefully in the next five years that, that, that works in that way.
0: I hope you enjoyed this mini episode. If you did, make sure to leave a review and subscribe to the show so that you get future episodes delivered directly to your podcast app. The company that Raja co-founded, called Seed, just launched their male and female daily probiotic. They have one of the coolest Instagram accounts I've ever seen with daily doses of cosmic bacteria art. And their website is Seed.com. Go check them out. And in case you need a reminder, you can head over to beyondmacros.com macropod for our complete guide to calculating and counting your macros, and to download your free calorie and macro calculator worksheet. Next week, I bring you an episode with Amy Piemenski, the spiritual nutritionist. She has a unique approach to nutrition grounded in inner work, and I am excited to share this episode with you. Thanks for listening,
1: and I look forward to seeing you again next week.